Trent Cotney and John Kenny are dedicated to helping the construction industry with legal business and safety challenges. Welcome to this week's episode of Law and Mortar. Hey, this is Trent Cotney. I'd like to welcome everybody to another episode of Law and Mortar. As always, I've got John Kenny with me. John, how are you doing? Doing great. As always, I'm glad to be here. I really enjoy doing these. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's been a little bit, but um, you know, you and I were talking ahead of time. It it never a dull moment. It just seems like you know, I don't know what it's been, but at least for the last couple of years, every week there seems to be something new that's you know critical that's affecting the industry. And you know, just this week, one of the things that it really shocked me. Uh, I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but. Uh, OSHA announced that they're now going, as of March 30th of this year, they're going to be able to uh, provide uh, visas. There's two specific uh, types that they can provide. One is called a U visa. One is a T visa. And it the gist of it is, is that if you assist OSHA uh, in the investigation of their employer for unsafe conditions, they could potentially offer illegal um workers the opportunity to get a visa so obviously you know i've got some concerns there from a defense standpoint because you're incentivizing crew to you know turn on the employer um a lot of different issues there uh, in addition to you know uh, translation and language issues that that come into play so um interesting turn of events but this is typical john with kind of what i'm seeing with the administration and the Department of Labor, very aggressive on rulemaking, very aggressive on enforcement. I think this is going to continue through 2023. Uh, yeah, I agree with you there. I mean, that that is kind of what we call a, a ball out of left field, right? I mean, nobody, I don't think anybody was prepared or expecting that. Um, I don't know. It, it's. Um, do you think anybody's going to try to challenge that as far as take it to a court ruling will be like a, the first step? Yeah, you know, I, I think where it will come, uh, because it's more of an enforcement guideline rather than a rule, I think what will happen is uh, if you have an OSHA case that you're defending, it gets up to the point where you're at an administrative hearing and it comes out that that may have been provided. I could see that being a basis of, of challenge, you know, basically saying that the evidence is, you know, tainted because of the fact that they were offered visas, things like that. So, um it's not you're not going to I don't think you'll see a big Supreme Court ruling or anything that's preventing it because it's just an enforcement guideline. But, uh, you know, I, I tell you, it's it's a game changer, because if you're stuck in that position and you have a, you have two choices, be deported or cooperate. What do you think you're going to do? So, well, it's very similar to or, you know, to the prosecution system. Right. Mm -hmm. They make deals with with people all the time to less time, no time. You know, they they turn to be a prosecuting witness. And that's really what this kind of is, except in the OSHA aspect. But uh, now it's very interesting. Um, the only thing I'll tag off of that is this is a product of allowing our immigration system to completely fall apart. And, and honestly, everyone listening out there, this is not political, what I'm about to say. But honestly, this will never get fixed unless the two parties throw out politics and put country first on this because the system needs to be thrown out and redone. That that's that's what I see. Yeah, you know, I, I agree with you. I think that we need to know all of our immigration system, and every year it's on the agenda, and every year nothing happens or very little happens. You know, I, I think 
that uh, it is a big issue, regardless of what side of the fence that you're on, no pun intended. Uh, but from a construction standpoint, you know, use of, of um, workers outside of the country is absolutely critical. There are not there is not enough skilled labor here in the United States to meet the needs of construction. So I think from a construction industry standpoint, what we are trying to do is hire and maintain a legal workforce. You know, the if you ask the average contractor, do you want to hire an illegal? They're they're not gonna they're gonna say no, they don't. Um, but we need to create a vehicle uh through immigration to allow uh contractors to you know retain and maintain uh, a workforce to help supplement our our lack of it that we currently have. Yeah, and I think unfortunately it's people outside of the industries that really need these workers that are the ones calling the shots, and it's not good. I, I think we really need some common sense here and move on. But that that's enough. Like I said, I wanted no, no politics. I never talk politics, uh, but, yeah. but it's common sense. You know, we need workers. Other industries need workers. We got to get them from somewhere. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think until, you know, robots take over the earth, we got to figure something out. So um, I want to turn towards, you know, in our last couple of episodes of Law & Order, um, I was listening to him again the other night. And, you know, one of the things that I really found interesting was some of the tips that you're bringing up for, you know, contractors from a business side, operations side on, you know, 2023, things that you should be thinking about. And I want to revisit that because I know, you know, I, shoot, I've known for many years, you're a wealth of knowledge. you got a lot of different things to add there. So I guess I wanted to kind of pick your brain and see what else is on your mind, if there's anything that we haven't talked about for 2023. Yeah, there, there's a few things that popped up. I've been uh, really kind of uh, sitting on some um, panels and attending some other meetings that are like construction related, but outside of direct roofing, because you got to still get that feel from everything. And I mean, you know that on the construction law side, you got to take a look at that whole big picture. So there's a couple things, um, you know, climate volatility, right? That's a big, big issue out there. And I'm not talking climate change. I'm talking the simple fact that we have got more storms, uh, more severe weather for whatever the reasons are that are causing larger amounts of damage than really what it, we're used to as, as a construction industry. And it's worldwide. But example, how do you get through to all that, right? So Florida, if you're a Florida contractor, you know we've got some pretty tight uh, you know, building codes and we're building for wind codes. I'm starting to see that really come into being driven by developers and property owners across the United States that are working in states other than Florida that want to case harden their buildings for, you know, for these storms. So keep that in mind. That that could be a really good opportunity and create more. But also, again, from the standpoint of running your business, make sure you're really reading those specifications and documents up front that when these changes happen, you're covering it. Um, also, and there I heard, and, and you would know, you could speak even greater to this, Trent, is now where liquidated damages and certain things were kind of put on that hold with the pandemic materials. Well, we won't do it. There's a big push for those coming back into the prime contracts to go down into subcontractors. So I've heard a lot of people talk about that. Again, like I always say, just before you go see your legal counsel, you as a contractor should learn how to understand your own contract. So when you meet with that legal counsel, you got a lot better uh, idea of what's going on. Do you do you agree with that, Trent? To yeah, parties, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and look, nobody likes lawyers, including myself. Present company. 
love you guys. Uh, but uh, you know, the goal here is is you, you've got to be able to learn how to mitigate risk, and part of that is understanding the contract, understanding the lay of the land. You're right; these storms that we've been having, regardless of whether it's the recent winter storm, hail storms, hurricanes, fires, it seems to me like it's the the gravity of the storm, the size of the storm is significantly more than what I'm used to in the past. You know, it, it would be a rarity, one out of every five years. Now it seems like we have two or three a year. And it's a lot for the industry to keep up with, you know, regardless of whether it's repairs or new construction. Um, you know, one of the things that that I think is interesting and everyone's sick of talking about supply chain and material volatility. We, you know, it's it's like COVID, no one's talk about it anymore, but it's still an issue. You know, I'm I'm constantly talking to contractors that even though, um, you know, some of the delays have been ironed out, there's still increase in price. I mean, just the other day, I heard a report that our storage cost for you uh, materials has gone up 11% year over year as on average. You know, you think about that, um, that cost is passed on to the end user, you know, whether it's from distrib- distribution to contractor, contractor to user. And part of that problem is that certain manufacturers have overproduced inventory. So you've got a glut now. You've got shipping containers that are full. You've got problems with the ports. You've got all these other issues, but it's the tail end of it now. Because I think what we're seeing is with the interest rates increasing and, you know, inflation, you're seeing the demand decrease a little bit and the supply is starting to increase. But there's still this glut where the materials and the equipment can't get to where it's supposed to go. You know, some of that may still be residual demand. Some of it is just our supply chain is screwed up and it hadn't been fixed. (laughs) So what are you seeing on that end? Yeah. So, you know, what I'm getting is throughout construction and roofing, you know, over the last two years, prices have averaged 40 to 45% higher than where they were pre-pandemic. No one is coming out and beating on the drum that, uh, you know, like you wish gas would go down and sometimes it does. But if you go back through history, once roofing gets to a certain point, it never retreats. That becomes a new norm until the next boost that gets it up. Um, but so you're right. I have heard that most of it, most materials are available at a reasonable amount of time. But I still think our supply chain issues have not been fixed. We have just gotten through the problems. Um, you know, look at you just uh, train derailments are on an increase. So, again, uh, in truck accidents and not enough trucks and no one wants to drive a flatbed. And besides the fact that we have, you know, 80,000 less truckers than we need, none of that's gone away. So now with the volatility around the globe to get in, it, it's only going to take one more major incident, in my opinion, to really put a strain on everything once again. And it could be climate, uh, you know, climatic weather in the United States. Um, you know, you get two or three hurricanes this year, or you end up with a major hailstorms that we're getting, or roof collapses from snow or fires or the drought, they run out of water in the West. We don't know what's going to happen. So really on that, I think you've got to make sure your pricing strategies have been updated in your companies. Um, Because labor itself's gone up. I mean, you just did the state of the industry trend. I watched that was like 27, 28 percent on the average of respondents of labor increases. So you got material, you got labor. That's a lot going up. And if you're using subs, I know the subs have raised their prices. Um, I've been talking to roofers 
that were used to working with their labor subs at X, it's now X plus or X times, however you want to look at it. Get your get that updated because that that I'm talking to a lot of people that have jobs that they got last year. Now they can get the material, but they don't have the right cost in there to do it. And you know, people are not as with the prices stabilized, pretty hard to get a cost increase, you know, on that. So I, I would recommend you really take a day and sit down and review your pricing strategy. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's I don't see this changing for the foreseeable future. I think I think for the rest of 2023, there you need to build in uncertainty. You know, I, I don't think you're gonna see the huge swings that we saw in the summer of 21. Uh, but I still think that you you have got to hedge your bets, right? Because I'm just concerned that that all it's like you said, all it takes is one hiccup, you know, one giant storm, one pain, you know, another COVID type thing. You never know, and then you're 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 right back to where you were. Right? We haven't gotten out of it yet, so yeah, no, gonna continue to be a problem. So, John. <laughs> It's that time, my man. We have got to. There's nothing better than that question time. Yep. So I'm putting this one. I got this one here just a few days ago, but I'm putting it to the top of the list because it is timely. So uh, this question is from Eric. And Eric's question is, uh, I have never attended the International Roofing Expo before. I plan on going to Dallas this year. What would you suggest that I do when I get there? So I'll take a step first. First thing I would tell you to do, Eric, is um, the I think it's the first day on Tuesday, March 7th, uh, before the welcome reception, there's a first time attendees reception. And I encourage you to go to that because it's a good chance to get people meet people that are in exactly the same boat you are. Um, Next, really recommend that you walk around the trade show. Trade show is just it's a very entertaining, huge event. You know, I think next to World of Concrete, probably the biggest construction trade show out there. Um, and use the opportunity to network, you know, uh, attend some seminars. Um, I'm speaking a couple of times. I'll be doing the state of the industry with uh, Roofing Contractor Magazine, and then I'm speaking on the latest issue with materials. So, um, and then John, I know you're speaking as well, right? Yeah, I'm on, I'm going to be, uh, anybody coming to National Women in Roofing Day, I'm going to be doing a, a presentation on estimating and, and running procedures and really get you up to speed. And then I'm speaking again at the uh, Thursday, I believe it is, in the morning. Uh, a little bit different take on estimating. This is about estimating for uh, operations and service profits. So we're not going to talk about the basics that we've you've sat in. If you've been in any of my seminars before, this is going to take it to the next level and really get you into some strategy. So I think it'll be good. And I, I do like what you said about going to that first day event. That's perfect for somebody new. And talk to people. That's a big, this is a deal. one of the few times that you can really, everyone is open to that, you know, that networking and let them know this is your first time there because I think you're going to get some special attention by the people you talk to to make sure that you feel home. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little torn and conflicted, John, because uh, big Eric Church fan and, and the SRS event on Wednesday night is Eric Church, but uh, I'm scheduled to speak at 7 a.m. the next morning. So <laughs> I uh, got got some hard choices to do there on that one. But uh, yeah, great event. Uh, if if you guys listen to the show, um, you know, stop by and see us, whether it's at the seminars. I'll, I'll have a booth there near NRCA. Feel free to stop by and say hi, and uh, hopefully we'll get the chance to see some of you guys. 
I want to thank you, as always, for making us the number one construction law podcast in the world. Uh, we appreciate your questions. If you ever want to reach out to me, you can reach me at um, Trent Cotney at trent.cotney at arlaw.com. John, how can I get you? You can get me at uh, jkenny at cotneyconsulting.com. All right. Thank you, guys. We'll see you next week. Take care.